you're working on our theme song there oh no no um yeah i don't know what what you want for theme song like just like a kind of a sting you know i i mean like a you know just a sort of a almost like a radio jingle kind of kexp oh i know vita xl you know that kind of stuff like a full-blown uh you know two minute song or something I, th- I think that's over the top i mean it just needs to be an identifiable little stab i liked what you were playing there oh i wasn't doing anything i was just doing octaves we're in uh, open tuning right now so just do stuff like that you know and it's, it sounds good <laughs> Basically blues. Anyway, yes. Hmm. Okay. Um. I don't think I owe you an apology. <laughs> That's a great way to start. But <laughs> I disagree. No, go ahead. But it does look like being barefoot or flat-footed as much as you can be has many, many health benefits. Preventing injury, staying flexible, Mm -hmm. keeping strength in your feet. So... I know this has been a thing of yours for a while. You wear those hideous shoes that have the toes in them. Apparently, that's very good for you. Oh, the Vibrams Five Fingers? Well, don't say the brand name without a sponsorship. (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't even think they made them anymore. Well, I think one of the issues with that is that a lot of those types of products got bundled in you know with a like a barefoot running movement or something like that or you know get back to roots you know or isn't it amazing that all the best marathoners in the world you know wear shoes or don't wear shoes or whatever and um that stuff was pretty uninteresting to me but the 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 whole idea i think with the the toe shoes or toe socks or something uh is that it is much closer to uh just how the foot developed you know evolutionarily and uh certainly in the past couple hundred years uh, in the west we've been cramming our feet into things that have nothing to do with the natural foot shape right after carl and Susie got married when was that quite a while ago. five six seven eight years ago however many years it's longer than five anyway um, we had we started having this discussion and I'd been, you know, just working up to trying to do a, a nice a 5K at a nice clip. And so typical me, I was going to give this barefoot running thing a try doing the four striking uh, and striking, yes. I got on the treadmill and I tried to do a 5K right off the bat mm-hmm. barefoot. Sure. Injured my left knee, mm-hmm. and it stayed injured for years. It basically made me incapable of being able to run at all or barely walk. And kind of going back to this issue now, all of the 
advocates of being barefoot as much as possible or even running barefoot are like, now, now, now. You can't just take your shoes off and start running. You have to ease into it very slowly, just a few minutes at a time. Yeah. Now they yeah. tell me. But I would have done that anyway. You know, I would right. have gone full right. full tilt. Yeah. yeah. When will I ever learn, Michael? <laughs> so apparently you were you had you were onto something there before the experts were even talking about it. Well, I, I mean I wasn't advocating anything one way or the other. It just, it just seemed obvious to me that uh you know, just looking at something like a baby's foot um, now, I, of course, the proportions between adults, you know, skeletons and uh, infant skeletons are different anyway. Um, but the general idea of a sort of wide toe box uh, and certainly nothing like how did we get from the bend back to the point? There's no reason that shoes should end in anything approximating a point uh, unless, you know, do, does anybody really have excessively long uh, second or third toes? <laughs> One would hope not. And and, and yeah. no big toe? Well, yeah. And for women, like uh, the pointy shoes thing was really big in the early aughts and with a flare on top of it. And I'm thinking, why would you want to make your foot look bigger? Because there's all of this oh, right. part of your yeah. shoe that your your foot isn't in, really. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was never a big fan. And, you know, men have pointy shoes, too. You always oh, wanted yeah. to have the rounded... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. The uh, men's fashion is, I suspect, largely responsible for a lot of it. I mean, when a lot of this, you know, Western relative affluence and, uh, you know, if you get away from things like, um, well, I guess it, it should be more specific in what eras I'm talking about. But, I, you know, for a long time, you barely see ladies' feet anyway. They're, they're under, you know, giant dresses anyway. So it was the fellas that were getting, you know, like Edwardian or Victorian ridiculous uh, frippery. And um, th that's where a lot of the silly foot fashion comes from, for sure. Shoe fashion, I should say. Yeah, I think I you, you need to talk closer to your Okay, mind. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, I wasn't enunciating clearly. Well, you were enunciating, but you just projecting. need to talk. No, you just need to talk closer to your yes. mind. I don't know how many times I need to tell you this. Like, you should know this by uh, now. <laughs> I should know this by now. Oh, see, that sounds great. <laughs> well, of course it sounds better. Yeah, that sounds right. much better. Let's Very get right... good. And so natural. No, yes. Anyway. Yeah, let's get right yeah. up into so, right, right up on Um Yes, foot and uh, shoes and what we should or shouldn't be wearing. I mean, it should also be said that uh, running, just for the sake of running, is pretty bloody unnatural as well. Uh, it's obviously pointless and stupid, other than as some sort of you know personal goal um, to run a marathon or to you know run a marathon every day for a year uh, or to run a uh, hundred. I mean, nobody needs to run ever, and people aren't really, you know, you, you could see why the original, like, okay, it might become important. Uh, all right, I, I have some intelligence. I need to notify people. Uh, so I'll run 26 miles to tell them uh, about what happened at Marathon. Uh, that That's great uh, and important, but obviously nobody needs to do that. Um I think you also touched on something as well about, oh, you can't just take your shoes off and <clears throat> go about your life uh, and, you know, everything's going to be fine. Um, of course, uh, we live in a very different world than our evolutionary uh, forebears. Um, and 
much as it is, of course, unnatural to do something like shoe a horse, given the surfaces that horses tend to find themselves on nowadays versus back in the day, it's probably not a bad idea to shoe a horse in most cases. Now, of course, it's abusive to be using horses like that at all in, in a broad sense, but if we are going to do it, they, they probably should be shooed. So I would say human beings, as we go about our lives in the global north at least, we should probably be shooed as well. You think it's abusive to put horses in circumstances where they need to have horseshoes on? It's probably abusive. I don't think it's I mean, abusive. In a, well, in, in the same way that it, it is unnatural. We are shaping their lives in a way that they would not otherwise now it's our privilege we're top of the you know the food chain here so we get to do what we want i think we are far we are thousands of years beyond talking about what's natural well i i don't think we are i mean i of course we could quibble over how exactly using we're using that word but you know the idea of domesticating any of these critters that's somewhat unnatural and in a broad sense, uh, abusive in, in that it is, it is not how they would normally quote be used. It is an ab use. Uh, you know, they don't need us. Um, but cats know. domesticated themselves. So are they abusing <laughs> us? Oh well, cats are definitely abusing us. Yes, <laughs> I think there's no question. Anybody who's ever had or known anyone who's ever had or thought about having a cat knows that uh, cats are certainly not pets, and they are indeed abusive. You just said something to the effect of running for the sake of running is pointless and stupid. You, you other than his personal achievement. A lot. Okay. I'm saying you're not advancing the human condition. It's much like when people. Remember back in the day, that guy who's dead now, and Branson, who's not dead, uh, was named Fawcett or whatever. It's like, oh, we're going to do the balloon race around the globe or whatever. It's like, all right, well, I mean, you're not advancing science to have balloon races around the globe, you know, at the dawn of the millennium. Um, but great, you know, personal uh, achievement and. Uh, setting goals for oneself, that that's great. But you're not helping anyone when you do that. You know, you're not advancing human. But you said is, is so. You said it was pointless. So is the the point of the only the only point to anything is to be helpful or advancing the human condition. Well, Otherwise, everything is pointless. Well, it, I'm if you were running 26 miles to, in order to inform someone about a military conflict. Uh, and they really needed to know that right away. So you needed to run that distance right then. Yeah, I would say that there is more purpose in that. But the idea of setting up, uh, you know, this, here's the race course or whatever, and now we're going to race the course. <laughs> no, that doesn't help anyone. It's just, it's just about personal goals. And, and that's great. I want human beings to feel good about themselves. But it could help people by inspiring them. Sure. But the actual act has no benefit. Fine, Michael. I mean, I'm not criticizing it. It's great. I'm, I'm you fine. just said I'm, it was pointless and stupid. That sounds well, like a criticism. I, 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 I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying objectively, of course, there, there's no purpose. Can to, you to put your mouth marathon. closer to the mic? I don't know how many time, more times I'm going to have to tell this to you. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I, I should. Why are you not comfortable? Like, why? I, I'm going to hold up just uh, this is going to create some 
noise. Yeah. But this will be later. All right, this will be easier for me. Okay. Um, no, I'm, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying objectively, obviously, it's not serving a goal for someone to run an ultra marathon or, you know, Iron Man or something. When I still worked at Microsoft, the person that I was responsible to who was at the highest level, mm-hmm. an amazing scientist, professor, I believe his area of expertise was in fluid dynamics. And I think that this was for fun. No, it was. I won't, I don't want to say it was for fun. It doesn't matter what it was for. But he and some friends. I don't know how to say this without sounding like a complete imbecile, but this is the only way I know how to say it. Basically attached um, an airplane engine to a car <laughs> sure, yeah. to see how fast it could go. Right. And I was like, what is the point of this? And he said, because we can, we wanted to, we wanted to yeah. break all terrestrial records yeah. of four wheels on planet earth. Yeah. And safety standards. Yeah. Oh, great. That's awesome. And he said, there is value in doing something just because we can. There's absolutely value in doing things because we can, but it's primarily you know, for our just, you know, personal wants. I mean, if in fact there was, you know, something scientific or objective to be learned from that process, you know, what happens when you actually, I don't know enough about the specifics of it, but um, yeah, you you could say, okay, uh, how does the aircraft uh engine perform you know at sea level for example you know is it is it you know what's i'm assuming that you know obviously the atmosphere is is different where aircraft are uh, generally performing is is that significant um so there's always something to be learned by something like that but it's in a way the difference between Again, it's huge generalization. But if you think about like um, maybe everything up to undergraduate studies versus everything afterwards, um, the one is about learning the body of information that's already been developed, and the other is about advancing whatever the domain is beyond what it was previously. Is there value in doing, and they were honest, you know, in our mathematics books, they used to call them exercises. Well, they are exactly that. There's no benefit in terms of the universe uh, or the state of the art to have a, however old you are at that time, have an eight-year-old work on their times tables. Okay, but it is still important for their development, so there's benefit there. But again, so the one is just, you know, just going through the motions. This is what other people have done. It's interesting for me to learn what other people have done, but you're not pushing <laughs> the, uh, the development of, of humankind when you teach an eight year old times tables. It's just for them. So times tables was fourth grade. And I remember this incredibly specifically because my teacher in fourth grade Uh, she she set up this contest and at the end of the year whoever could get their times tables 
zero through 12 times 12 done the fastest yep. got a hot fudge sundae at the end of the year and i worked all year for that hot fudge sundae and i, I ended up tying with my my grade school nemesis oh, we all know who my grade school nemesis is and i we both got the hot fudge sundae but i was so pissed off because he had a tutor and i thought uh. that was cheating <laughs> But I was I got I got that half fudge sundae. I got, well, that's an interesting question. I even remember Isn't I got butterscotch or like caramel sauce. I didn't get the chocolate sauce from McDonald's specifically. No, it was right. from the Tasty Freeze. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Tasty Freeze, good stuff. Soft serve though. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, it's not ice cream. It was probably ice milk. Chances are. Star Wars and all movies are pointless and stupid. Well, now you're just talking silly. Um. But yeah, they, there's a, a big question about you know the utility of art. Fair enough, and I think that the best art has absolutely no function at all, and and shouldn't aim to have a function. It certainly shouldn't aim to teach people about the world or politics or something like that. I think anytime art goes in that direction, you don't want didactic art. I think that's it's a very bad recipe. Sinead O'Connor passed away this week yes. at the age of 56. She's three years older than we are. I thought she was older than that mm-hmm. uh, for some, I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I'm very, very upset about this. I'm very upset about this. I'm I'm grieving over the loss of Sinead O'Connor because she she was such a talent. Everyone knows she had an amazing voice. She was an amazing artist. She grew up with horrible abuse. Her mother abused her physically and emotionally and her brother. I think according to Sinead, quite severely. She clearly had some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I was watching, I've been watching a lot of Sinead O'Connor footage over the weekend. And, you know, she's what, like 19, early 20s, 1920, 22 and uh, she's being interviewed by the the late night talk show hosts, British, and they're older men, you know, towering over her, trying to trip her up, trying to intimidate her as she just hangs right in there. She knows what she wants to say. She has clarity of mind and opinion. They cannot trip her up. And they end up looking foolish, but she's this tiny little woman and you can see her sort of retreating into her shoulders. And I mean, who wouldn't, you know, but she hung in there and I think she was the first pop culture phenomenon celebrity that was canceled after she ripped up that picture of the Pope. No one knew back then how to protect people that had severe mental issues, how to support them, mm-hmm. nurture them, heal them. We were watching that concert where she was booed off stage. I have a whole new found respect for Chris Christopherson, who introduced her as a hero and a woman who speaks her mind. When she was booed off stage, he embraced her. He hugged her. I'm like, man, this guy, the first follower is always the bravest <laughs> one. It's so easy to be the crazy visionary, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, we, I mean, this collectively, you know, we made fun of her. She was outspoken and she was mentally ill. And I was comparing her to how 
Kanye West has been treated in this day and age where he says horrible inflammatory things that are not true. And he is treated with kid gloves because he has mental illness. Right. Sinead O'Connor said inflammatory things that were true. And we crucified her. Pardon the pun. And then her son commits suicide. She, I was Again, I was going back listening to some of her albums. She refers to her son in so many songs. She loved him so much. She had him at quite a young age. Yeah, but you don't come back from that under the best of circumstances. And they're not revealing the cause of her death. They're saying it's not suspicious, but I think we can all assume that she committed suicide. We're not supposed to say committed suicide. She died by suicide. Um, and I'm outraged that we didn't save her. I'm outraged that we just let her hang out to dry. You know, run, going missing, finding her yeah. under bridges. Um, I'm really, I'm really upset about this. We should have taken care of her. People, you know, anybody who admired her music, anybody that was around her couldn't help her more. Um, I'm just yeah, really, I, really sad. I, I think the the we's there are worth discussing. So, mm-hmm. you know, of course, she has some degree of celebrity. Uh, it certainly did then. Um so in a sense, you know, we all kind of uh, know her and or, you know, own her or her products or something. Uh, but I'm not sure. That it's not product. It's art. Uh, but it art Don't exists. do that, Michael. Don't no, be insincere. No, I, I, I You're wasn't trying being to be flippant. I'm not, I'm not being insincere. I, I was just being literal. I mean, if you if your art, uh, if there is commerce involved, it, it is a product. I'm not criticizing her for it. Uh, she was a uh, working uh, musician. I mean, she earned her living uh, through her art. That's fine. That that doesn't denigrate it. it it's still art. Um, but uh, of course, there's commerce involved, and this is perhaps where. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, well, we are. We're, we're talking about Sinead O'Connor, and all I was saying is that you were talking about. You know, we all had this. Okay, then from now on, I want you to talk about the saga as product. I want you to use the word product. Well, my favorite product is, is, anyway, don't don't change the subject by putting a word like that in there. That that, I wasn't changing the subject. That's a distraction. I wasn't changing the subject. What we as contextualizing before I made what people should have done is resurrected again. Pardon the pun. That moment that ended up being her downfall, you know, especially after Me Too, it would have been a perfect moment to apologize to her. We owe Sinead O'Connor an apology. That's we as a, collectively anybody who knows who she is think, owes her an apology. I don't think we owe her an apology. I don't think we owe a reckoning then Kanye West an apology. Well, he doesn't deserve an apology or, because nothing's bad has ever happened to him. I don't think we owe him praise either or whatever. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I'm sure he considers himself semi canceled. Uh, at least, but um, look, I don't know exactly, of course, what Sinead's uh, background or experiences are, and while those may be understandable, nevertheless, when you behave this way, you know, when you choose, if we just, you know, whatever, we don't have debates about free will or exercising judgment or something but if we believe that she consciously chose to do things like you know tear up the picture of the pope and thereby make some sort of a statement um 
it is reasonable that she'd be held to account uh, for that. Now, I don't know exactly what the purpose of that protest was. I mean, it certainly wasn't explicitly described that time, and, and she wasn't immediately canceled. She was still around very much afterwards, in, in my recollection, uh, and she did have the opportunity to explain uh, that protest, and I don't remember it being um, explicitly uh, detailed as having to do with uh, generations of abuse and sexual abuse um, in the Catholic Church. It was something much more abstract and frankly seemed a little loony a at the time. Um, of course, the, I didn't the think Pope, it was any big uh, of deal. Of course, the Catholic Church should be criticized, and any religious institution or probably any institution uh, should be criticized. Um, but it is a curious choice to focus on, on the Pope. And uh, of course, she's doing it on live television. So it's very different if she were to do it uh, in a situation where she knows that she can't sort of, you know, be censored or it wouldn't be as easy to, to censor her. So I think it was supposed to create a controversy. She has to know what's going to. Um, and I don't think it was explained sufficiently at the time. Well, it backfired. I guess one Did of the it, reasons though. that I... That this particular loss is hitting me is because I feel like if I were Beth Massa and I exactly the person that I am at exactly the age that she was growing up in Ireland with an abusive mother with her talent, but it's Beth Massa, it would have been me. I, you know, I was prone to outburst. I was, you know, still am. I can control it better now lack of impulsivity control and when you're famous the stakes are so so high and I guess that's all I'm saying is it could have been me still could you know yep. I mean back in the corporate world when I was prone to impulsivity and not being able to control the overwhelming urge to express a very important thought that I thought that I had at that time I give so much credit to the managers around me who were so gentle with me when I was, you know, at times humiliating myself. And I just wish people, there were more people around her that would have been gentle around her more. I, Not saying that there were none, but. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And and this is what I was trying to make a point about before. Um, I wasn't, all I was doing was contextualizing why I was, what I was why I was about to say what I was about to say, which is basically when you were talking about the we, um, you know, could have taken better care of her. I think that, you know, the sort of inner circle or whoever actually knows her and interacts with her, yes, they, they should be guiding her more and perhaps up to including things like, um, you know, we need to do a PR campaign because, you know, you just tore up a picture of the Pope. And so again, and I'm not trying to, you know, deliberately make it about, you know, commerce and PR and all that, but the reality is she was an artist uh, in the uh, public eye. Um, and because she did what she did and then didn't do what other more sensible people, if she were in that, you know, in an environment that fostered 
love and understanding should probably have you know persuaded her to go about things a little bit differently thereafter um yeah i I think that she could easily have maintained her, her career we let people you know misstep all the time uh and then they 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 live to tell the tale um i don't know why people consider it so socially acceptable now to you know have (laughs) i don't even know if you're supposed to say mental issues or whatever nowadays uh but if we accept that kanye west is is a little bit different i think he's a narcissist for one thing which i don't think that she was particularly um but they might well he's probably a megalomaniac too but anyway um I'm uncomfortable in the world where we we say, oh, well, you know, of course somebody had a a public meltdown um, and then we embrace them uh, and love them or understand them or something. Um, I don't think it's socially acceptable to have breakdowns uh, in in the public eye anyway. So while I might be, as an individual, interested in how both Sinead and Kanye got to where they are, Um, I don't think either one is particularly acceptable. I don't think that we should praise or sanction uh, those kinds of uh, activities. Yeah, I think I agree with you there, Um, actually. Uh, I couldn't resist the urge to hit the play button on St. Elmo's Fire last night. Yep. It's so interesting to go back and watch those movies of course, this is one of the canon of the Brat Pack films. Yes, but not but John Hughes. No. And even at the time, wasn't quite Brat Packy. It so was it's a got little, the three overlap with yeah. Breakfast Club, which makes it seem very Brat Packy. Yeah. But it was kind of like PG 13 Brat Packy. It was a little bit more yeah. mature. Uh, indeed. And I don't think that Rob Lowe, well, yeah, Rob Lowe was definitely, well, I think that he was lumped in with Brat Pack, but no, he wasn't John Hughes. Right. And it didn't have Molly Ringwald in it. I was going to say, most importantly, there's no Anthony Michael Hall or Molly Ringwald. But they were so young, you know, young adults, not teenagers anymore. And their faces are filled with collagen and they still all have baby faces. And they're not pud- <laughs> filled with natural collagen. Natural yeah. collagen. They're yeah. not. They all have baby faces. Yeah. Their faces aren't sculpted. They haven't had the fat yeah. sucked out underneath their cheekbones like everybody does now. But they're none of them are overweight. They're just young, right? And right. dewy and plump and youthful. And nobody their age looks like that now. Even <laughs> you know Demi Moore, who's she's done some strange things to her face in recent years, but she even had a little, like just the soft baby face. They all did. And they all did. And, um, you can start now that we've seen them in some movies, you can, in this movie, observe who's already just naturally a more gifted actor Mm. and who's improving. So you've got the scene on the roof with mayor Winningham and Rob Lowe. And they that scene. This is like these are two naturally talented professional actors doing this scene in this silly '80s movie really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, uh, you can see Judd Nelson, also just great actor, good, great timing. It's funny with the close-ups because they put mascara on his lower eyelashes, and every the makeup looks hmm. really silly. Um, 
he's just again great timing great yeah. delivery of his lines Emilio his he's overplaying it a little bit I think he's supposed to play like the the, the sort of puppyish silly one who's in love with a woman way out of his league okay which is uh Andy is- Duncan Andy. Nope, not Andy Duncan. Oh, Andy. Andy, I'm so sorry. Andy Duncan is a former colleague of mine. <laughs> Andy McDowell. Oh, that's who. He, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never seen it. And then it, so. there is Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Just, who is the one that you can see is starting to become a better actor. He's mm. doing really well in this movie. Maybe he's talking a little bit too quickly. Maybe he doesn't. The pacing's not quite right. But... He's he and he's not as good as the best ones, but you can see him getting better. The only problem is his character's a chain smoker. He's obviously not people who who don't smoke <laughs> they just they hold the cigarette wrong. And he's trying his best, but it just isn't Okay. It's, interesting. Yeah, I know. It's I know. clear he's not a smoker in real yeah. life. Good for yeah. you, Andrew. <laughs> right. Well, I did see Pretty in Pink back in the day, and certainly, you know, he he's trying to He's trying to be serious there. He's trying to do some capital A acting in there, as I recall. Um, and that can be easy with um, what's his face around. Um, who's the forty-year-old yeah. who's going Welcome. to high school? Well, it was in Boston Legal. Amazing actor. Welcome to the world of middle age, where you cannot recall yeah, the name no, of anyone. Terrible. Shall we work our brains, or should I just look it up? Yeah, no, let's work our brains. He's big Soderbergh guy. Yep. Um. Oh Christ. Anyway, uh, we all know who it, it doesn't nope. matter at this point. No, no, no. We, we we'll get it. Don't worry. Yeah, um, he's Alan Shore. He keeps an extremely okay. Clean penis. Initials are J S. Yes, of course they are. Yes. Well, who is it? Yes, Spader. Yeah, James Spader. Um. So. Um. Yes. So I never McCarthy, would have gotten and, there. And by course, the way, I th- never would have is, gotten there. I never. Yes, you would. No, have I wouldn't have. No, you, you. That was that was bad. You should have, should have given yourself a chance. You would have gotten it. Um, and of course, this was pre Weekend at Bernie's, right? So, um, Andrew McCarthy, you know, he could probably still think at that point that, you know, he could develop a, yeah, a kind of oh, a, a, a lifelong such great career. Hair. A, the boys did. Yep. Just young. Yeah. Beautiful, natural actors. And yes. um, there's another really famous oh, actress good. whose name I'm blanking on right now. That's in St. Elmo's? Yeah. And one of the other. Yeah. And um, not to me more, the third one. Oh, I, I, I thought it was just. Also uh, in The Breakfast Club. Oh, uh, Sheedy. Yeah. yeah Ali yeah, yeah. Sheedy. Yeah. She was the hipster version of. <laughs> oh, my God, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Her vowels are so distinctive. America. Oh, right. Yeah. United States of America. Yeah, she does do. Well, I mean, some of it's because of Breakfast Club, right? Where she is actually playing the, the quote, basket case. Uh, so she's deliberately kind of weird in, in that, or consciously kind of, kind of weird, I suppose. So, But yeah, I, I guess some of that. Well, I'm tr- trying to forget now. Or trying to she think was now. born in New York. Um. No, she, yeah, she probably did keep this 
those distinct vowels like either in uh even in uh war games um short circuit that kind of stuff god she had cool parents alexandra yeah. elizabeth sheedy was born in new york city on june 13th 1962 she has two siblings brother patrick and sister megan with an h her mother charlotte is a writer and press agent who was involved in women's and civil rights movements and her father john j sheedy jr is a manhattan advertising executive Wow, those are some hipster parents. Mad men. Mm-hmm. Hipsters. They were cool. Uh, did you go to fame school? I don't know. Anyway. Yes, Alice. Um, okay, so no, I did not even know that uh, Annie McDowell was in that movie. But um, whereas uh, Estevez in Breakfast Club yeah, was sort of uh, possibly developing thing with Sheedy, uh, in this one, he's going after McDowell, and you're saying not entirely successfully. I don't remember if he gets the girl in the end or not. I don't think so, but I think he's happy about it anyway. And saying almost part? Yeah. I'm sure we, at some point we get the full song, right? Yeah. Got to. The saxophone. The 80s were very kind to the saxophone. I had a moment. I think it's partly to do with Huey Lewis in the News uh, and uh, Men at Work. So, you know, there were big singles at the time because, you know, the saxophone, it's pretty rock and roll. You know, King Curtis, um, yeah, Yakety Sax. And I guess, um, what's his name? Toots. Um, yeah, whoever does uh, Yakety Sax. But he's sort of, you know, playing on the King Curtis stuff for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the Men at Work song was great, of course, as most Men at Work songs are. And uh, Colin Hay, boy, he's... Would that be Toots Tielemans or Thielman? No. Um, no, d- Belgian just look up... jazz musician. Uh, Toots Mondello? <laughs> no, it looks like all saxophone players were named Toots. Pretty much, yeah. No, um, wait, what, Yakety Sax? It's not Toots Thielman. It's... Uh, Yakety Sax. Yeah, Yakety Sax. Um... Otherwise known as theme from Benny Are you Hill. sure it's not Boots? Yeah, Boots. Yes, thank boots you. Boots Randolph. Yes, yes. Not yes. to be confused with Toots Randolph, because I'm sure there's a Toots Randolph I'm, out there I'm somewhere. I'm sure there's Toots Boots Randolph. Randolph. Yeah. There's also Toots in the Mayalls. What's that? That That's Toots Thielman, isn't it? Who, who's I don't. Toots in the Mayalls? Maytals? May, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a reggae band. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway. How the hell sex. do you know? You didn't get it quite right, but... It was somewhere in your brain that you know who the saxophone player was for Yakety Sax. Oh, because he's back. a fantastic saxophone. But how do you know? Because he's great. I try and be aware of the things in the world that are great. So and at some point you must have looked up his name or just saw him on the credits of some show or then remembered it forever. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it. Look, I, I saw Benny Hill back in the day when you first learn about that. You know, obviously, the most one of the most memorable things is the theme. So, you know, at some point, you want to dig a little bit deeper, and how did we get here? And um, yeah, you but, saw Benny Hill back in the day. The theme was memorable, so therefore, you must. I think everyone who's seen <laughs> even thirty seconds of Benny Hill, you know, knows like I've never slapping. seen thirty seconds of Benny Hill. Well, you owe it to yourself too, and. <laughs> Ideally, one of the uh, speeded up segments, including right. Yakety Sax. Um, for the record, for our listeners, yes. Michael has this ridiculous <clears throat> memory. 
He has all of his credit card numbers memorized. He has all of our Wi-Fi passwords memorized. Um, Pretty much every actor that's been in any movie he's ever seen, he has their names memorized. I know nothing of contemporary movies. I don't see them. But I said movies that you've seen. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. right. But I'm just saying, uh, it's occurred to me recently where if somebody were to say, like, oh, you know, I guess people have these conversations probably like on first dates or something, but it's like, Hey, do you like to go see movies or whatever? And I'd have to answer no to that question because I haven't seen a movie by which I mean, go to the cinema. Um, I, I don't know when I wasn't even doing it before. What was the uh, last movie COVID. that we saw? I mean, it, we see a movie maybe once every two years now. Like uh, Harry Potter, you know, no. gets an erection or whatever. One later <laughs> once, uh, n- n- number four or five or something, maybe. Like we saw one. We of never those. saw Harry Potter in the theater. We did. We saw one of the Harry Potters in the theater. <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, yeah. Uh, I I can't think of anything now. When things actually become available, you know, I I'll watch some. I guess the, the like the last tarantino i saw in the movie in the theater was uh django i think but i've seen all the stuff since then but just never went to the theater to see it so um so yeah if somebody asked me oh what do you like to do i i would probably say yeah i like to watch movies and i do although i probably like to re-watch movies even more than i like to watch movies so it's like oh yeah that's a good one i'll watch it again um but i don't go like i'm not going to People talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer. I would possibly watch both of those, you know, when they come up on the streaming or just go free to television or something. But I'm not going to go to the theater to see a Christopher Nolan movie. All right, let's switch back to my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of Christopher's, Christopher Wielden. <laughs> yeah, I got a Christopher Wielden story. For the you. world's you most yeah. renowned at this moment uh, ballet choreographers. Uh, who's he? Com- who's he uh, collaborating with Bourne, these days, Michael? Certainly, Matthew Bourne is, is a good one. Well, I don't know. He's collaborating. I, I, yeah, as of a few years ago, one C. F. Kip, that is Charles Frederick Kip Winger, uh, who after his um, '80s kind of what we would probably have called hair metal uh, at the time, um, but a very talented hair metal band, including. Um, What's his name? Uh, Morgan Stein from uh, Dixie Dregs uh, on drums, Red Beach on guitar. Yeah, it's fantastic players, as was often the case in the 80s. And, of course, starting in the 90s, you no longer had to be a musician to be in a band, so that's went on a bad trend there. Anyway, um, after the initial success of uh, Winger, uh, Kip Winger learned uh, composition, studied it you know, formally, and then applied it. And he has worked on projects with uh, Christopher Wielden. I wonder if Kip Winger knows that in Dutch his name is Chicken Winger. That is a very good question. And I suspect if you sent him an email, he might be uh, amused by that. He possibly has heard it over the years. But yeah, I think he would appreciate that. You know, the Dutch would just think that's hilarious. Yes. That his name's Chicken Winger. Yeah. (laughs) Taco. Yes is a pretty common name for a Dutch male. 
T-A-C-O, taco. Yeah. <laughs> when I think when putting on the Ritz broke yeah. and we found out that his name was Taco, yeah. I think we probably assumed, okay, okay, so he's adopted the one name, you know, like Madonna or something. It's like nobody else is named Taco. But no, actually, the guy who worked at the catering company for Taco's tour might Taco's very taco. well name Taco's Taco. Taco's yeah. Of course, they say taco. Taco. <laughs> yeah. I, it sounds cool if you <laughs> just cool remove what we yeah. associate that word with. Right. But I was trying to explain to my Dutch colleagues how difficult it is for me to call someone taco. Yeah. Because that's like if somebody's real name was Jim French Charlie fry or tortilla. Yeah. Or in their world. So for those who don't know, bitterbala are... Uh, this beloved Dutch sort of bar snack. They're little round balls of congealed gravy goo, deep fried in some crusty stuff, and they dip them in mustard. Uh, so I try to explain to them, it's as if somebody had named their kid Bitterball. Yep. Or Frickendel. Uh That's how weird it is to yep. look somebody in the face and call them taco for me. Yep. So, but I've had to do it. I've had to do it. You have to do it. I think it's more common in the north, right? Isn't it? I think uh, Maybe. taco is a, a more of a northern name. Yep, um, taco. Yep. The, all right. Taco. So all the tacos out there in the world, <clears throat> we salute you. Also, if there was a Dutch guy named Taco yes. who started a taco stand, it would be T-A-C-O apostrophe S, T-A-C-O apostrophe S, because they use the, they put an apostrophe in there to indicate a plural. Well, you know, the world's gone mad with apostrophes. Uh, yeah, but it's grammatically correct to do it. Right. For all but, those other yeah. people out there listening that are obsessed with apostrophes like I am, <laughs> 80s is apostrophe 80s <laughs> because the <laughs> apostrophe replaces a missing thing, which in this case is the one and the nine. It is not... 80 apostrophe s unless the 80s is possessing something and every time yeah. somebody says does it like that that's never the case right. oh that drives so me if you crazy. were to say 80s music yes <laughs> right. apostrophe 80 s 80s music well the music belongs to the 80s <laughs> but if you so. said music of the 80s if you yeah, right, it right. that yes. way yeah 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 yeah, but but if you've looked at what's actually in print now, like the the s apostrophe uh, and the apostrophe s and the s apostrophe s is gone. No, nobody says so now. You yeah. know, Mister Jones' car is treated the same as the Joneses' family's car. I I don't. I still put the apostrophe after the s. You are. But with our minority. last name Massa, yeah, I don't like that either because you know, welcome to the. If you were said, oh, there's f five families of Massas in the country of the ne Netherlands, it would be M-A-S-S-A-S. -S -S. But it looks so weird. I just, I want to <laughs> put that apostrophe in there just to separate it out so people don't think our name ends in an S. So right. I don't, uh, as, so <laughs> it doesn't end in an S. Oh, good God. Here's a conversation on YouTube between Kip Winger and Steve Vai. Can you imagine anything? I, I heard that. That's a three-part interview. It's fantastic. Ugh. No, you you got to have mad love for the Vai. He's, Ooh, he's incredible. Take a shower. No, it's it's it's. it's They're both very, holding up pretty well. It's a very good conversation. Well, Steve Vai has always been. He's a, yeah, he's a real healthy, healthy guy, isn't he? Yeah. 
All right. Thanks. Thank you. See you later. Peace out, yo.